1: hide your kids lock the doors you're listening to hr's most dangerous podcast chad Sowash and joel cheeseman are here to punch the recruiting industry right where it hurts complete with breaking news rash opinion and loads of snark buckle up boys and girls it's time for the chad and cheese podcast
2: oh yeah starbucks is no longer requiring employees to get vaccinated Or submit to weekly testing following the U.S. Supreme Court's rejection last week. So order me a Cafe Mocha Extra Omicron. Hi, kids. It's the Chad and Cheese podcast. The sugar in your coffee. This is your co-host, Joel. It's 5 o'clock somewhere, Cheeseman. And this is Chad. I have a headache. So wash. And on this week's show, Microsoft bets big on the metaverse. Cannabis jobs are smoking. See what I did there, Chad? And not (laughs) one but two triple unicorns. Doesn't
3: anyone notice this? I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. Let's
2: do
1: this. (laughs) Okay, listener, how can you help your employees become more productive? I have answers. How about automating?
2: <laughs> seriously, though, seriously. TextKernel cuts through the complexities like a tortilla chip through some hot nacho cheese. Oh, my God. Really? Nacho
1: references already. Anyways, uh. TextKernel brings efficiency and productivity to your operations. TextKernel seamlessly unifies your tools and data to drive efficiencies and success. TextKernel is creating new
2: opportunities for your recruitment journey.
1: Get ready to use today's tech to drive efficiencies and productivity. Visit textkernel dot com. That's t e x t k e r n e l dot com. Mm, nachos. <laughs> yes i think we should definitely transition from the pink fluffy unicorns (laughs) to the taking crazy pills because that's where we're at right now people that That is is, exactly (laughs) where we are fucking at (laughs) yeah when
2: we 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 totally skipped over the two billion valuation we went right from one to three (laughs) so
1: shit it is crazy pill time shout outs yeah. So first and foremost, shout out to Julie Cali, aka Jules, former CMO over at Recruitix and new president CEO mm-hmm. HMFIC, I guess, at uh, RecruitmentMarketing dot She came to Indy to hang out with us, record an intro, and 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 the relaunch for mm-hmm. the Colt brand series. We had a blast, man. It was a good time. We did have a
2: blast. We haven't been face to face for an interview for a while. Yes, and throwing in uh, throwing in heavy metal music and beer made it all that much better. So that was great. Uh, I got a shout out to Deal. That's oh. D E L, the remote hiring company. Yep, uh, that has acquired Roots. By the way, that is not the Canadian apparel company. Take off, will you? We're doing our movie. Don't wreck our show, you hoser. That's right. They're an HR software platform that enables remote organizations to collaborate more effectively and reduce burnouts.
1: Deal acquires roots. Shout out to them. You actually predicted that deal was going to go down, that they were going to go down in flames. You still feel that way?
2: I was kind of a loose uh, projection or prediction. <laughs> I'm, I'm, okay. in, I'm in kind of the canvas uh, crashing and burning at this point. I've kind of
1: changed changed my vote a little bit. Okay, okay. So uh, big shout out to Australia for kicking Djokovic's ass to the curb. That was awesome. We've got Starbucks <laughs> who is uh, I think they they were kind of hoping that the US would have, a, have a, a fucking spine and say yes, everybody get your shit. This is good for the community mm-hmm. and go Figure that did not happen, so they had to back away. But Australia, after fucking with Djokovic for weeks, I, I think, mm-hmm. and making him, you know, stay in a hotel locally, uh, they finally said, you know, uh, hit the bricks, motherfucker. So, uh, <laughs> Serbia bound, he was. Now, you've been following this
2: much more than I have. As I understand it, he could risk not not being able to go
1: to Australia for up to 3 years. Yep, because yep. of this. He was deported. I mean, when you are deported, if he would have just left on uh-huh. his own volition, none of this shit would have actually happened. But I'm going to predict that australia when everything starts to clear up and they don't have the lockdowns and all mm-hmm. these things and, and 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 people people start to forget which is what we do we have very short memories he'll be back next year
2: yeah that's a lot of money to leave on the table if you can't go to australia as a tennis player for 3 years yeah not that he's hurting. Um, I got a shout out for someone who is hurting just a little bit. Uh, oh. Fairy God boss is in the news this week. Yeah. Uh, so Romy, our girl, uh, we've interviewed her twice, and I recommend you go check those out in our archives at chatcheese.com. First interview of this year. Oh, that's a good point. Good point. Good call. Uh, so they had expected some financing. Uh, that unexpectedly fell through. As a result, uh, they had to immediately restructure for long-term stability and success. This is according to Romy. Uh, And they also took the, quote, gut-wrenching step of saying goodbye to several high-performing and talented colleagues as a result. Now, a couple Mm of things on this for me. One is the default for most CEOs is to quietly lay people off, write them a check, and make them sign a paper that says they'll never talk about the company. Yeah. Um, So, so. Big applause for me that she was transparent about this. She put it out there. She was honest about, hey, we didn't get the financing we wanted, which is also most CEOs will not sort of admit that, hey, we didn't get the financing we were looking for. So, on two fronts, she really Mm -hmm. put herself out there, in my opinion. And the second thing is, people in our industry love hiring people in our industry. So, sales folks, marketing folks, et cetera, they can find a job. The problem historically has been, oh, well, they're based in Boston. And I'm in San Francisco, not so we anymore, can't huh? hire them. Well, that's not the case anymore. Yep. So I was really impressed that she put that out there. I saw multiple people from uh, companies that we know, Jobcase and others that said, hey, uh, we're looking for people. Send them our way. So hopefully all these folks land on their feet. <clears throat> and uh, I, I just think it's a real hat tip and shout out to a uh, Toromian team uh, that they were transparent and that I think they, uh, they put their people in a really good position to find work and, and stay in the industry.
1: Yeah. And female leaders are more empathetic. Uh, and and I, I have to say, you know, these, these female founders, uh, another story of female founders not getting funding, mm. which is a huge problem in our industry. Right. So uh, it could fairy god boss tighten up their model could they do a lot of different things yes but do they have a voice do they have uh a uh do they have a pool of talent do they have uh you know pretty much followers you know mm-hmm. cult-like types of fo- yeah they, they totally do so i think you know this is something that we've seen over the years and it's totally unfortunate so here's uh, to good luck to Romy and the crew uh this will give you time to tighten up focus and hopefully get out there and get that funding that you uh you need yeah. I think she
2: did mention that they were uh, finally cash positive as well in light of this move. So yeah, hopefully it's a uh, better days ahead for the company yes. and the, the folks that they had to let go.
1: Well, talking about people moving, Dave Tuttle, you might know this guy. He's an industry veteran, all around good guy. He actually left his post at ZipRecruiter for a CRO position at Origin, which is an employee financial wellness app. So it's got to make you think really hard about what's happening over at Zip. You've got an in- mm. industry vet yeah. who leaves for a boring-ass startup. Now, we've talked about how boring can make big money for, like, mandatory software, like payroll, right? hmm Any ideas on what's happening over there at Zip? I mean, last week we talked about how they were pushing out Indeed-like emails, narratives, those types of things, and now it, now this. This sort
2: of emergency raise of $500 which was sort of mysteriously, you know, junk bond. It's definitely curious, but yeah, I mean, I think since the the ZipRecruiter IPO, things are pretty curious over there, and uh, it doesn't seem to be you know, the lightning bolt that maybe a lot of us thought that it would be since going public.
1: Ian, buddy, what's up, man? We're, 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 our ears are open. Our <laughs> phone lines are open. Let us know. Yeah, he'll
2: get right on that. I'm sure. I'm sure <laughs> he'll get right on that. Uh, I got a shout out to Bolster, huh? Uh, the marketplace for on-demand executive talent. I think they were one of our uh, buy or sell companies a while back. Uh, Anyway, this week they announced a Series B financing round of $11 million. Uh, This Mm -hmm. totals their amount uh, raised to $13.8 million. And Mm -hmm. uh, I think we both bought it as a buy or sell. We both like the idea of sort of renting or being able to take executives off the shelf and bring
1: them into startup. So shout out to Bolster. Agreed. Agreed. I've got a couple of companies who have, uh, they're shedding jobs. First and foremost, we knew Facebook was shedding jobs, but I have uh, somebody who who actually provided kind of like some internal comms and, and the whole team, the whole Facebook team who was working on jobs didn't know that it was going to shut down until a few days before it went public. The main reason is they need engineers working on their new, quote-unquote, mega stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh, The engineers were reassigned immediately. Everybody else who's working was distributed through, you know, different uh, other Facebook products. Jobs is one of the many projects that has been shut down after the meta Mm rebrand and their five to ten-year strategic plan was announced. So, remember also, Google Hire. Google was for Hire. <laughs> yeah. Google for hire, Google hire, whatever it was, was axed. Mm-hmm. And we had heard all these great things coming out of their clients and out of Google, and out of nowhere they were axed. And, and it's basically for the same reason as you know, there's bigger fish to fry than TA. And then that being said, Stack Overflow. On their meta blog, said that on March 31st, 2022, this year, Stack will discontinue Stack Overflow jobs and developer story. Goodbye job listings, save searches, applications, messages, all that stuff, right? But Stack will continue to support the advertising components on their talent offering, specifically focused on employer brand. So this next bit uh, was actually telling for Stack Overflow. While talent and jobs helped us get to where we are over the past decade, the talent acquisition space is not one where we have a strong competitive advantage. Developers, as you know, don't have a hard time finding job opportunities. The problem (laughs) is the effort it would take to truly differentiate in the space would not be one we could justify how how refreshing is that too yeah (laughs) you know what this just ain't
2: worth it we're out yeah By the way, I got to think the marketplace for Facebook. Uh, are you are you familiar with OpenSea? Yeah. Okay. It's like eBay for NFTs and <laughs> yeah. shit like that. Like that's coming to the Facebook marketplace soon. Like Facebook marketplace is going to compete with OpenSea. Uh-huh. That was not in my prediction show, but I I got to think that they're going to be doing that at some point. And a lot of resources are going to stuff like that.
1: It's amazing. And for all of those listeners that were out there that said, no, this is just Facebook kind of pulling back. They're going to come even stronger into the jobs market. Again, we're seeing this is happening at more than just Facebook. It happened at Google. It happened at Facebook. It's happened at Stack. Um, there are only so many technical resources that they have, and they're putting it toward products, services, new projects that have bigger outcomes. Yep. And uh, I'm pretty sure we talked about
2: that, that resources to go to meta and yep. not elsewhere. So that's mm-hmm. that's good on us for predicting that. Uh, I've got a shout out to uh, Job Finder. <laughs> Job Finder. Remember when Job Finder was a silly name, and then uh, still a silly name. They have been acquired by Circa. This is more your land than mine, but this is obviously a, a OFCCP compliance play. One fish gobbling up uh, a smaller one. I don't have much else to say about that. But uh, congratulations to the Job Finder team for being acquired. Yeah. Uh, by circa shout out to those guys
1: i sent a an email to patrick the ceo of uh, circa and said i hope you didn't pay more than 200 bucks for fucking job finder i mean right now circa in the compliance space what they're trying to do is they're trying to gobble up portfolios and you know somewhat makes sense it somewhat makes sense do you remember who founded job
2: finder yeah Ratheen. Rathine. That's right. And how does this, how many players are there now in the OFCCP space with job find off the table? Just a handful, right? Not very many.
1: There aren't a ton of them, Yeah. but there's kind of like the big fish. You've got direct employers and you have Circa, and then you have kind of like everybody else. And when I say everybody else, it's because they're more transactional, not Mm -hmm. that they don't make money. It's just they're, they're more transactional types of platforms. Gotcha. Gotcha.
2: Another shout-out from me, Torchy's Tacos. Uh, If you're in Texas, you know what the hell I'm talking about. So, Torchy's Tacos is fantastic. Uh, It's a staple and an icon in Texas. Well, mysteriously, last year, a Torchy's Tacos opened in Jeffersonville, Indiana, of all places, which, luckily, my sister lives. So, I got to have Torchy's two or three times a year when I'd go visit my sister. Mm -hmm. I talked to the management. I said, hey, when are you guys coming up north? And they said, "Well, we're looking at opening a place up north in the next six to, to six to twelve months." Well, I'm driving down the street the other day, and I see coming soon, Torchy's Tacos. Within eight to ten minutes of my house, oh shit! I can't be more excited. It's it's also right across the Chipotle, so I'm thinking like <laughs> I could rock some combo torchies tacos with a with a with a burrito bowl. Like I could really rock this shit. So torchies, thank
1: you for coming to town. I'm very excited. When we talk about social distancing, this is going to be much more than six feet in getting around, Joel. <laughs> Take off,
2: we were doing our movie. Don't wreck our show, you hoser. What
1: you got anything we had a great whiskey tasting last night with yep. our buddy robert ruff We're scott there. from uh tex colonel rob Bercy, who was the winner he was sporting two fifths of uh awesome uh, bourbon so yeah, yeah. I had had a good time had a good time
2: yeah and if you want to join us yourself for a whiskey tasting Ooh. or beer tasting what or you just want to style some dope threads a.k.a. our t-shirt, you got to go to chatchees.com backslash free today. We're talking t-shirts by emissary, beer from Pillar, and whiskey from our friends at Sovereign slash new friends. Text colonel. Who huh. joined us on the call as well? So you got to do that. Let's get to birthdays. Yes, and one of our one of our close friends to the show is celebrating a birthday.
4: Welcome to all things Scottish. <laughs> our slogan is: If it's no Scottish, it's crap.
2: That's right. Our buddy Adam Gordon at Candidate ID celebrates a birthday. We need a Scotch tasting now. We need a Scotch tasting. Yes, we're we're working on that. Also, uh, friends of the show: Jason Roberts, Robin Schooling, Justin awesome. Miller Merrill, Tom Eckhart and chris amato all will celebrate birthdays holy shit january is yeah. a big month it is a big big month a lot of sex was going on let's see that would be <laughs> october i don't know carry the one my math really really sucks man <laughs> topics we got some inside information recently On UKG, we talked about them a few weeks ago. I think it was December that they had been uh, ransomwared. Yep, mid-December. Checks weren't going out to people. Chaos ensued. Dogs and cats living together. It kind of quieted down, and we sort of forgot about it. But apparently, we have a source telling us that shit has hit the fan at UKG. They haven't fixed anything. People are getting paid manually if they're getting paid at all. Like it's a total shit show. Spreadsheets. UKG is in really bad
1: shape. Is it fair to say our source said they're out of business? That was the prediction. The prediction was that when you have infrastructure fail like this, getting back to where you were before is nearly impossible. And when you grow to that of the size of of UKG, you have to be ready. For these types of uh, of issues, these types of you know ransomware threats, and they weren't, and, and now they have customers who can't pay their employees. So I mean, this is this has to be the nightmare mode for UKG. The problem is, it wasn't nightmare mode prior, or they. Probably would have had this shit figured out.
2: Yeah, and uh, apparently they really touted their security, protecting data, et cetera. I mean, these are these are big companies that use them to, you know, make sure people are paid in a timely manner. Yeah, it's bad. So if you have any any more insight for us, hit us up on the socials. But yeah, UKG's in in pretty rough shape.
0: <laughs> Doesn't anyone notice this? I feel like I'm taking crazy pills.
2: <laughs> That's right. We got a. Geez, I don't know, triple unicorns. I don't know what you call like multi-billion dollar unicorns. Bigger unicorns. Number, Yeah, I don't know. Uh, and when they die, it really hurts, I think. Uh, we'll find that out at some point, I'm sure. Uh, Handshake uh, announced this week a series F round of $200 million for a grand total of $434 million at a valuation of $3.5 billion. Bam! Worth roughly the amount that ZipRecruiter is that we talked about earlier. Uh, This is more than double its valuation of 2021. They help people start, restart, jumpstart their careers. Uh, CEO and founder Garrett Lord said in a release, quote, LinkedIn is focused on your past and handshakes focused on your future. So they're taking aim at LinkedIn. The company says over 1.7 million relationships were forged between employers and candidates on the platform last year. Handshake's community includes 20 million students and young alumni around the world from 1,400 educational institutions. Customers include Alphabet slash Google and Nike, and they are reportedly on track for 100 million ARR. That's annual recurring revenue, Chad. Are you ready to go back to school, Rodney Dangerfield style and get with Handshake? So
1: the amount of dilution that is happening here is staggering, right? <laughs> you take a look at the numbers. Uh, anyways, uh, Handshake is smartly aligning their brand with LinkedIn because they know LinkedIn was sold to Microsoft in 2016 for $26 mm-hmm. billion. But LinkedIn only had total funding of $155 million at the time. And Handshake is currently over $440 million yep. in funding. So, what is Handshake trying to achieve and why is it so valuable? Handshake is trying to do what Monster couldn't get done back in the mid-2000s. Uh, that Monster Track? Yeah, Monster Track. They, they bought Job Track and they became Monster Track. Well, they were trying to take over the college career center. So, basically trying to funnel all college students' into their platform. The joke is that current college career centers don't represent 100% of their soon to graduate students. So this is more of a smoke and mirrors campaign. And also, as we've said before, I I think it's incredibly smart messaging. And this is exactly what Handshake did before to align yourself with a much bigger brand, very successful Uh brand and say, we're coming after you. The narrative
2: here is pretty obvious, I think. I mean, I've, I've been racking my brain all morning trying to make sense of this this whole deal. <laughs> and I'm really, I'm frankly struggling. I hate the college space for some of the reasons that you mentioned. We've seen multiple companies try to penetrate and they're kind of hit for a while. Students leave and then someone else comes along that's cool. And so they pick them. And so to me, like there's a ceiling on this business. 100 100 million ARR is nothing to sneeze at, but they're clearly spinning a story about we can take this bigger into LinkedIn territory. I guess sort of like how Facebook went from colleges to say hey, we'll just we'll hit everybody with social media. I think these mm-hmm. guys think they can do the same thing. They've hit a ceiling in my opinion. They raised 80 million dollars back in May to do what? Remember? Yeah, virtual job fairs. Uh, So that was like the next phase of the story. Like if we just do virtual, we'll we'll make that much more money. Now the story is obviously with more money we can take on LinkedIn. You know, this this narrative from the CEO that, quote, LinkedIn is focused on your past and handshakes focused on your future. Like, really? They argue that most students don't know anyone on LinkedIn. So it's sort of pointless to be on it. Uh You know, from my perspective, connecting to a bunch of other 20 somethings is pretty unproductive, right? Like the old people on LinkedIn are the ones with dollars and influence <laughs> and job job openings. Handshake is, I think, over their skis. And now they're too pricey for most acquirers. So IPO is in their future. And wow. I don't think the IPO market, the public markets... Are going to be real positive uh, once Handshake tries to take on LinkedIn and become bigger. I just don't see a lot of growth. I see a really, really hard ceiling to crash through.
1: Yeah, you're talking about a hundred million in ARR versus you know LinkedIn in 2020 was eight billion, right? So you know, again, bringing a knife to a, a gunfight. Yeah,
2: yeah, and there's got to be pressure from investors to say, hey, hey, where's our next hundred million coming from? Right? Where's our next growth opportunity? And I think I think the the people in charge know that there's a ceiling on the the college uh, career center space, and that they're spinning this narrative to raise more money, and yeah. it's uh, it's not going to end well. I don't think. I hope I'm wrong for everyone involved. But crazy pills. <laughs> yeah, the next the next <laughs> unicorn. Oh fuck that. This not is. Anyone- Crazy pills. So this this one I'm much more bullish on. Uh, uh-huh. I don't know about you, but let's let's summarize the news here. So Lattice, hold the lattice. Uh, a people management platform focused on employee engagement and development said it has raised 175 million in fresh funding, bringing its grand total to 328.3 million dollars. The San Fran startup said the funding round increases its valuation from one billion to $3 billion. the threefold valuation increase, is particularly notable given that it took place in under a year. Mm -hmm. TechCrunch reported that the startup has added over a thousand customers since last March and now has north of 3,500 organizations on its install base. Yowza, Chad, are you putting some lattice on this cheeseburger? I'm
1: all about the lattice. It's going to be an impossible burger. Uh, So (laughs) quick quote from a lattice investor. People strategy is no longer only a concern for HR departments attracting, developing and retaining top talent. Needs to be a company-wide effort in order to better accomplish company goals. Mm-hmm. So that in itself resonates in the landscape we are in today. Just another great reason why they got they got cash. Remote work isn't going away. You can either have you know this disconnection with your employees, or you can find new ways to connect. So back in March of last year, we both bought Lattice during a, a buy or sell segment of the pod. We're so smart. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna repeat what I said back then. (laughs) Organic growth is great, but when the weather is right, you have and you have access to funds, you launch that motherfucking rocket ship. (laughs) The difference between handshake and lattice is systems versus transactions. Can handshake become the dominating platform like LinkedIn did? I I don't think so. Lattice, on the other hand, is solidly in the platform space. And when you buy a platform, whether it's good or bad, you're stuck with that platform for years. Mm-hmm. And a people and performance management system is a prime target for a larger HCM or ERP <coughs> ADP lattice is prime for growth and acquisition.
2: Yeah, yeah. These guys are an overnight success, seven years in the making. Uh, <laughs> it's a really, good, really pretty cool story. So they've been around since 2015. Yeah. It took a pandemic. They've, they've steadily been growing each year. They sort of raise a round of money every year. And I think that they did the groundwork to when the pandemic hit, it mm. put them in hyperdrive. Yeah. It, it made that the calls, the, the outbound calls to people Pitching the product that said no quickly said yes because they realized this is a work from home s- issue. We have to engage people. We have to like keep them uh, involved in the company. They've also done a really good job of narrating of uh, narrating diversity as part of their offering. So they've built a, sort of a double whammy for growth in terms of the work from home phenomenon as well as the the, the diversity play. And it's just a it's just a f- kind of a fun company. Like before funding Lattice, the CEO and the co-founder CEO of Princeton grad, uh, he's probably not even 30. I don't think these guys are, are even that old, but they God. were they were doing biz dev for a custom T-shirt company before they founded this <laughs> business. Uh, the co-founder was a developer at the same T-shirt company. So I can only mm-hmm. imagine what like lunch dates were with those guys talking about Lattice. They're going to have to go public Unless your prediction of like a big, big, big blue whale comes in and, and gobbles them up, yeah. But that's going to happen sooner rather than later, I would think. So this is just going to be really fun to watch. I'd love to get the CEO on the show just because he seems like a really yeah. interesting dude. But this is one, this is one to watch, and I think they hit the timing was just right, the business was just right, and the team that they built uh, hit everything at the right time. And uh, yeah, it's fun to watch. <laughs> Congrats to them. Let's go to work. Step announced a $25 million Series B funding round led by New Road Capital Partners for a grand total raised of $43 million. The San Fran-based company was founded in 2017 and matches workers with jobs, provides automated interview scheduling, and has a tool for employee surveys to measure engagement. It focuses on position in, positions in warehouses, production, trucking, and skilled trades, uh, said Chris Soltemeyer. Operating partner at New Road and former executive VP of logistics at Walmart, quote, Workstep is uniquely positioned to address the talent shortage at scale by radically improving how enterprises source, engage, and invest in frontline workers. End quote. Workstep's last raise was February of 21.
1: Chad, are you stepping up? a work step or were those boots made for walking so work steps promises to help for example hire and retain workers at kroger or at an amazon warehouse uh and much like factory fix which who we talked about last week it's a two-headed mm-hmm. monster with job postings and a candidate database And a system to help, you know, get a pulse on the the, the client's employees. Okay, here's the problem. A pulse survey isn't going to fix the problems like inequities, bad wages, and customers treating you like shit. Kroger knows they have problems. Amazon knows they have problems. The tech isn't going to be able to tell them something that they don't already know. And it's not going to help them fix it. Mm -hmm. And what we're doing is we're over-promising and we're going to under-deliver on smoke and mirrors platforms like these, if it was just a job board with a platform like Factory Fix, right? It's a it's a it's a site that draws in candidates, matches them, and gives you a platform to be able to manage that whole process. That's one thing, but promising that it's going to fix a lot of this shit is just total bullshit.
2: Um, you feel pretty passionate about passionately about this, so I know less about this uh, than I probably should. So I went I went to Supply Chain Quarterly, Chad. Uh-huh. Supply Chain Quarterly. Yes, there are publications <laughs> for this. So I wanted to better understand this. And and I felt like how many times do we push startups to answer the question, what pain point are you solving? Right. Many don't have an answer to the question like, what pain are you solving? Uh, these guys are clearly at least spinning a narrative that they're solving the problem of, Look, there's a vicious cycle of spending big bucks to recruit, uh, only to see your team churn and new hires walk out the door. So the cycle keeps going. Like, we're going to help you engage with folks, keep them on, uh, keep, you know, increased retention. So the narrative to me is solid. Obviously, you feel differently about the business as a whole, but if you can do that, in the logistics business and the companies they that they're targeting. It's like, take my money if you can actually solve that problem. But they can't, according to you.
1: Yeah, they, they can't. Well, damn it. They can't raise a company's wages. They can't. All these issues that they're talking about, the companies already know fucking exist but they're not fixing them now. They don't need tech to tell them yeah. that there's an issue because they already know there's an issue.
2: Are you saying like a little emoticon isn't going to make people stay on the job longer than they would otherwise?
3: That's that's my a little feeling. video yes. from
2: the CEO saying, great job. Keep it up.
1: <laughs> no, but oh, a yes. quick note, but a quick note in this space, yeah. driver reach here in Indianapolis, they just got oh, yeah. 7.5 million in funding total, 8.2 uh, million overall. They developed recruiting and compliance management platform for trucking industry. And this is one of those companies who they're going against the 800 pound gorilla at 10th street in the trucking space. Uh, And we need truckers. We need drivers. This whole logistics thing is, it makes sense, but these guys aren't promising things that they can't deliver. Mm -hmm. And they're in a great position to exploit a very slow moving gorilla in 10th street and a market that needs and deserves more efficient tech. So congrats to to Jeremy and the crew here in Indy. Well, I think we know which one you think the sexier company is (laughs) of those two. All right.
2: Speaking of sexy, we'll take a quick break and talk about what everyone's talking about, the metaverse.
4: Human resources is supposed to be about humans. I mean, it's right there in the name. But when your hiring team is more like an assembly line glued to their computers, manually posting heaps of jobs everywhere they can think of, that human part feels nowhere to be found. This is a new era. Pando IQ takes the mind-numbing copy-pasting and nerve-wracking guesswork out of the job posting process. When you plan a hiring campaign with Pando IQ, you tell us who you need. Then, before you ever spend a cent, we predict what it will cost to find them. PandoIQ chooses the ideal recruiting sites from thousands of options, targeting the ones your next great hire frequently visits, then fires off your ads at precisely calculated times, surfacing the most relevant applicants for you to pick from. Now you're free to get to know the best talent, build great teams, and take care of your humans. PandoIQ will do the rest, so you can get back to doing what the computers can't.
1: For more information on PandoIQ, go to pandologic.com that's pandologic.com
2: all right chad big news yes big news this week in technology microsoft may have just significantly upped its standing in the future of the metaverse by spending nearly 69 billion Mm dollars i I said 69 to gobble up (laughs) gaming powerhouse activision blizzard when the transaction closes, Microsoft will become the world's third largest gaming company by revenue behind Tencent and Sony with franchises like Warcraft, your favorite Call of Duty and my wife's favorite Candy Crush. Side note, Activision CEO Bobby Kotick, who's had a year of full of sexual harassment allegations, will continue to lead the company, but will report to Microsoft's gaming chief Phil Spender. I almost said Phil Specter there when I read that. This follows the recent acquisition of Zynga, by Take-Two for almost $13 billion. Mm -hmm. Chad, I know you love you some Call of
1: Duty, but what do you make of all this news? Yeah, I think first and foremost, if you have not seen the movie Ready Player One, watch it (laughs) ASAP. While Facebook focuses on Oculus and tries to leap into Ready Player One immediately, Microsoft is focusing on how millions are engaged in the metaverse today. And in doing so, collectively spending millions of dollars every single day. Their users are spending tons of cash every day in the metaverse that exists within Microsoft's infrastructure. So with video games, you have a construct that already exists, and then you have an opportunity to expand that growing landscape, which means you're just taking an experience that everybody already uses. It already exists. And then you're opening up the prospect of retail shops in those worlds—I mean, the opportunity is enormous, so enormous. Walmart's looking at getting in the game.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, thanks, Facebook. Uh, it's starting this feeding frenzy. So this this reminds me of, uh, and this is why it's good to be old. It reminds me of the rush to social media. This feels like like a holy shit. This could be the next big thing. Let's all place our bets. And you remember that News Corp bought MySpace. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that made a lot of sense uh, at the time. Uh, <laughs> Yahoo bought Tumblr. Yep. For a billion some dollars, which was crazy at the time. Uh, Facebook bought Instagram. Well, that turned out pretty well. I guess it's smart for a, a social media company to buy another social media company. Uh, Google Plus that was one of your favorites back in the day. And Microsoft bought LinkedIn, which also worked out pretty well. People scoffed at social media becoming uh, an influence on hiring. Uh, But it clearly has. Uh, LinkedIn is an obvious example. Uh, So the question to me is, is, you know, if gaming is ground zero for the metaverse, that's where the money's flowing. Will these platforms eventually become hiring zones, right? For gamers. Well, well, for anybody apparently we're all going to be in this world so everyone should be uh up for grabs um is it an employment branding opportunity probably uh and that's why we talk about it on the show uh what will this all look like i don't fucking know i'll probably be dead when it when it matters or at least we won't be recording this show anymore but maybe recruiters in the future will suit up take on the shape of a liger that's a lion tiger combo chad and start (laughs) connecting with others in a place like minecraft or Fortnite. i mean the future could be crazy dude and chad and cheese are going to be here for as long as we can to help make sense of the craziness
3: doesn't anyone notice this i feel like i'm taking crazy pills
2: Like the Napoleon dynamite uh, reference. You like that. You like that liger. Uh, She loves my skills, my bow hunting skills. (laughs) Uh, All right. Speaking of it's, it's getting crazier. Let's talk about cannabis jobs. Yeah. All right. Vangst. That's angst with a V. Uh, A Denver-based cannabis jobs platform announced a $19 million funding round this week. The round was led by Level 1 Fund with participation from Cheech and Chong. No, sorry. I didn't read that right. Uh, And (laughs) previous investors, which may include Cheech and Chong. It provides workers... On a W-2 and independent contractor basis, Vangst was founded in 2016 by Carson Humistan, Humistan and raised $10 million in a Series A round in January of 19. Vangst currently works with 1,200 cannabis companies, said James Stewart, managing partner at Level, uh, Level 1 Fund. Quote, Cannabis is an undeniably large and fast-growing market, and Vangst is the only company offering scalable recruitment solutions tailored to... For the industry's unique needs, in quote." Chad, are you taking a hit off this deal, or are you, or are you
1: passing the duchy on the left-hand side? I'm more of an edible kind of guy. Yeah. In the past twelve months, the sector twenty-five percent increase full-time employees right? Yep. 400,000 individuals. Now, back in September of 2017, you and I, my friend, actually covered vaxxed and the prospect of weed jobs as states start to accept and decriminalize marijuana. So, I mean, I I love this. There's no question this is, is a growth sector. I mean, because you are growing things, but it is a growth sector. I love it, but here's the basic issue. I have with this platform and any other platform that gets into the space, it looks good, although it's literally the exact same type of system we built back in the late 90s and early 2000s. I should be able to get my information into the system, into a 2022 system quick and easy. Tap into LinkedIn APIs, parsers for a resume to be able to get my information into the right spots. This is more of the fill out more shit kind of platform. So I love it. It's a growth segment. And I have great hopes for this industry and Vangst, but they can do better much faster if they learn from the last 20 years of online recruitment. They need to bring people in who understand this space, specifically recruitment tech, because what they're doing now with their technology, we always talk about technical debt. They're not going to have technical debt, they're going to have a technical anchor around their neck unless they start to change for the future. You know, the
2: company was founded in an era where it was taboo. Uh, or even illegal to post jobs uh, for cannabis online, yep. and that's only changed fairly recently um, as more states make it legal. Um, it's still federally not legal, uh, so a lot of companies um, or job boards probably shy away from it, particularly if they're local to a state or city where it's illegal. Um, so they they had about five years of little to no competition. I mean, they were it. There were a couple others, but they they came out as as the strongest brand. And I think people that are in the system feel a strong loyalty because of that early mover strategy. And I think that'll remain strong uh, for probably years to come. Mm -hmm. And they have a community. I mean, they're kind of like LinkedIn for, for pot, uh, which
1: I don't (laughs) know how long-term that can
2: be successful. No,
1: their, their tech is not like LinkedIn. Well, they
2: try to like profile. And I mean, they build community. They, out community. Look, I'm not on the site, but I am. You're on this site. Okay. Then you can speak from a, a position of strength on this one. But longer term, you know, assuming weed goes legal uh, at the federal level, which I think we all kind of think it will eventually, I think Vangst has a tough time com- competing. I think they do now. Most people don't have a hesitancy to post these jobs on places like Indeed and ZipRecruiter, and at some point they just become another industry for people to find employment. Right? Like I just go to Indeed or Google or whatever to find marketing jobs. I don't have a cannabis career, uh, which is what they're touting on the site. Uh-huh. I'm just a mar- I'm just a person with a marketing degree who wants to get a job, and it just so happens to be in the cannabis industry. Right? There aren't going to be many cannabis career uh, folks out there. So, I, I long term, I'm pretty bearish on this company you know for the next five to ten years uh, i think they'll just do just fine particularly as more and more states open up uh legal marijuana
1: agreed agreed your your point exactly is why they can't just be the standard 1990s tech they have to be something more
2: yeah they gotta have some really good shit to to <laughs> build in the next couple of years all right let's take a quick break and uh get to the story everybody wants the final story this one about only fans
4: And wasted spending. And hello to optimized automated campaigns that produce qualified applicants. At Acquire ROI, we make job advertising easy. Visit us at acquireroi.com and start transforming your talent acquisition today.
2: All right, Chad, more tales from the great resignation.
1: Is that tales? T-A-L-E-S. Is oh, that, I'll okay. let
2: the listener make up their own mind on that one. Uh, yeah, we've talked about a nurse who found OnlyFans riches. Yep. And now it's a former preschool teacher and nanny. Danielle Zavala, a big, beautiful woman model in the New Orleans area. That's what the story says. That's not me reading that. Has traded in her pencils and ruler for big bucks as an OnlyFans adult model. Mm-hmm. 40-hour work weeks and the pandemic had her feeling underappreciated, so she quit her dream job and now works under the adult entertainer name Devi Thick and makes <laughs> twice as much as she did as a teacher in half the time. And maybe, most importantly, she lives like on her terms. Zavala wrote in an article, quote, I don't have to let people treat me poorly. I can set my own boundaries with customers, and if they break them, I simply don't have to do business with them, end quote. <laughs> so, Chad, what do you think of my new stage
1: name, Cheesy thick, <laughs> I, I think. I think it's uh, full of cholesterol. Um, so, so we're, we we talked about a nurse, a nurse, very hot nurse, but a nurse leaving her job for OnlyFans, making like thirty thousand dollars a month, uh, and now a teacher. If you think about it, nobody wants to be going to work on a daily basis and treated like shit. Either by customers, by patients, by your peers, by staff, Mm -hmm. you know, managers, doesn't matter. Nobody wants to be treated like shit. So in this case, it's a nurse and it's a teacher, but I can almost guarantee you there are many other tales that are out there of the Kroger worker. or the Amazon you know, warehouse worker, these mm-hmm. people who just said, fuck this, I'm going to try it a different and better way. And good for them. Is it good though? Why not? Well, I don't know. I don't know. This whole world baffles my mind. If they can make, you know, 15 to $30,000 a month and they can socks them away and they can retire early. Good for them. Is there a ceiling on this? Like, is there a, is there a moment
2: where like, oh, you know what? 80 million people on OnlyFans is too much.
1: There could be a saturation
2: point. <laughs> like, I don't know. It's just it's just, it's just, just nuts, man. And I love talking about it. But I just, every week it's like, man, the world just gets crazier and crazier. And now we're opening
1: up the fucking metaverse. As soon as OnlyFans comes to the, meta- the metaverse, it's <laughs> over. <laughs> no, when Chad and Cheese come to the metaverse, it's <laughs> over.